You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. talking about Bob Dylan's Bringing It All Back Home. In the room, I have Rob. Hello. Ben. Hello. Grady. Hi. And John. Hi. Bringing It All Back Home is the fifth studio album by American singer-songwriter Bob Dylan. It was released on March 22nd, 1965 on Columbia Records. It was produced by Tom Wilson, and the genre is folk rock, also folk. Uh, and this is partially from uh, Steve Irwine at All Music. When Bob Dylan entered Columbia Record Studios in mid-January 1965 and blew out an 11-song LP in three days, he didn't merely go electric, invent folk rock, transitioned from an acoustic troubadour to a boundary-pushing rock and roller. He conjured performances that would completely reimagine how pop music communicated. Not just what it could say, but how it could say it. It seemed that another side of Bob Dylan was just a dry run for bringing it all back home. As he pushed the artistic edge a bit further, producing an album of surreal beauty while keeping the rock and roll attitude on subterranean homesick blues, Maggie's Farm, and Outlaw Blues. After all, the music on its second side, the normal folk songs, derived from the same vantage point as the rockers, leaving traditional folk concerns behind, delving deep into the personal. This is the point where Dylan eclipses any conventional sense of folk and rewrites the rules of rock, making it safe for personal expression and poetry, not only making words mean as much as the music, but making the music an extension of the words, a truly remarkable album. All right, what did we think of Bring It All Back Home? Dylan going electric, fucking sellout, man. (laughs) Fucking sold Judas, man. (laughs) Fucking Judas. Uh, all right, what do we think of? <laughs> I, I honestly, I, I wasn't expecting that much. I, I'm a, I, I'm one of those guys. I like Dylan songs, but I never consider myself a fan of Dylan. Uh, consider me a convert. Uh, this song, this whole album, actually really impressed me. I, I liked it almost from start to finish. I uh, when I listen to music, I I, I don't hear l- lyrics for a while I, I hear I kind of absorb the music first and I, I need to like really specifically pay attention to listen to music or I need to have known a song for a while before I, I really hear the lyrics uh, Bob Dylan being known as a lyricist actually I, I pulled up the the lyrics online when I was listening to this and man I, I like this stuff this is cool stuff and that, that's my unprofessional opinion yeah I agree I'm a I'm a quite a Bob Dylan fan and I mean I feel like he was very prolific in in this era I mean this is just months after doing uh Free Willin and he's got another one coming up well, Free, two, two Free Willin which is great too but this two, is such two, a different too, too much coming up yeah this is this pushes the boundaries and 
I think Sist- surreal beauty was a, a perfect sort of encapsulation. It is yeah. surreal for me. Yeah, there, and I would there's... say he. This is one of those albums where it's like it defines that folk rock. You know how it's going to be from now. He's setting the template. He's pushing the the lyrics. I think it encapsulates a lot. And I mean, there's. You can go back and forth. You know, Dylan has renounced his his earlier persona and all. You know, he he said that he what he wrote didn't mean anything. I, I, I Dylan is a troll <laughs> in in so many w- ways. He literally but, looks like a troll now. Yeah. Well, with, with a funny little hat, figuratively and maybe literally physically. I mean, the first song is subterranean. Uh, oh, homesick blues. Right, and oh, where yeah. do trolls live? Beneath the ground. Exactly. It's absolutely that's, that's where, yeah. apropos. He was homesick. He wanted to go but back to I, I also don't believe <laughs> him when he completely renounces or denounces what he wrote, because the lyrics are brilliant. And like Ben, I, I tend to go uh, more toward the music o- overall. Dylan is one of the very few exceptions to that, where the lyrics grab me and hold me, and, and they are brilliant... It, it, on, a, on a number of levels. And he is also a master at a pop melody, too. His lyrical, not not, not word sense, but his melodic lyrical sense is is absolutely astounding. And, and that, that, that'll take you from here all the way through Blood on the Tracks and, 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 and beyond. Um, and the, the fact that he was just all of a sudden... Throwing his folk fans to the lions, basically, and I no, like that. Uh, that that's the one thing I, I truly like about this is like get the fuck out of here, <laughs> doing my own thing now, squares. So I'll, I'll be the turd in the punch bowl. Um, <laughs> oh no, I, I, th- there can be two. Okay, we can, we can swirl together. It, it'll be beautiful, which is which is much better. Everybody, you know, doesn't want to be the sole log. Um, so that being said, yeah, he's electrified. Yeah, he's folk rocking. Does he rock? No. Does he folk? Yes. No. Some of these songs rock. I don't. Some I just don't think they rock. rock. I just. I just don't feel it. I don't trust. Maggie's it. Farm rocks. Maggie's Farm rocks. <sighs> Subterranean Homesick Blues rocks. Outlaw Blues <laughs> rocks. And Outlaw Blues. It rocks, guys. Uh, no, no, they don't. Yeah. They no, don't. they don't. John, can I ask you? I would say yes. lyrical um, content too. Is lyrical? Con- well, I mean, is your father a fan of Bob Dylan? He probably is. Is Bob Dylan too loud for your father? He might be. I think, I, I'm not certain. I've never heard my dad crank Bob Dylan to 11 like I've heard him crank Joan Baez to 11. Uh, Joan Baez doesn't go to 11. Oh, you'd be surprised. Oh, man. It, she does. I'm, and, 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 and Danny Boggs High Five. She yeah, does. you come on over to and Castle Boggs and you're getting off. We're getting off. Baez Five rattle the windows. I'm just but, saying if, there, if you had any. Uh, no, personal distaste? Personal, yeah. No, no, no. It's not a personal thing for me. And I like Bob Dylan. I, I like Free Will and Bob Dylan. Um, Robert. I like I like the uh, lyrics of a lot of the songs on this album. Um, but you know, in thinking to myself, okay, yes, m- music and singing and playing music are a form of sometimes putting poetry to sound in in many ways. But some of these songs just sounded more like spoken word poetry to me, which is fine. But I wouldn't call it something I want to hear on an album. And yes, he's done a lot of nuance with electrifying his sound and playing with that and converting what would have normally have been a folk sound into something new, but I wouldn't call it rock. And I guess if you had no better term for it, you have to say folk rock, but that term kind of just bothers me. It doesn't like... Who would you consider folk rock? 
I mean, Bob Dylan. <laughs> but you say this isn't rock. It isn't rock. It's folk rock. Exactly. So why even use rock? Why don't you just say, like, loud Because folk? it's not just folk. <laughs> no. And there, there is... Folk plus. There, there is definitely a, a rock element to it, where mm -hmm. it's it's raw. They're, they're... He's applying rock emotion to folk, which I appreciate and I understand. But it's but... beyond the, just the emotion. There's the instrumentation. He is electrifying the band. Is. But is that enough? Electrifying your soul. I mean, My songs, soul is not electrified. Some of, the, That's probably some the of these songs, like, yeah, with an electric band in a 12 bar blues format, is like nine tenths of the way to rock and roll. Okay, so let, let's riddle this. Can you. Thank you. Uh, can you jam? Well, I mean, you can jam band to folk, but can you, like. <laughs> can you get fully invested in a folk Be song? Be careful. <laughs> But you can get fully invested in a rock song, and it can take you some other place. It can make you feel elated. It can make you feel pumped up. Can I get pumped up by folk? No. Yes. No. Unequivocally, yes. Yeah, I would say so. Pumped up Absolutely. I can feel. You, I can you feel incensed by folk. Murder, I can feel murder ballads. Yeah. Or, or, you heard or recruitment ballads. Yeah, I mean, those are those okay, are just going going to the the the, the Pogue songs that we're playing. I was just yeah. about to say uh, the, 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 the recruiting sergeant Rocky Road when <laughs> you're getting incensed about those fucking Brits coming in to recruit your ass to fight for a war you don't believe in. Yeah, that fires me the fuck up. And I don't. This is two hundred years after any of this shit is even relevant. I, I, I won't yeah, that absolutely fires me up. Uh, Been bustle on this thing where I listen to the uh, the music before I listen to lyrics, so I still have no idea what the fuck you guys are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> some, some, uh, uh, let me tell you, I, some of these songs are, are Maggie's got a farm, <laughs> and I'm not going to work on it anymore. Yeah, yeah I, it sounds like uh, a pretty shitty place to work. Yeah. I, I sort of understand where you're coming from. Uh, you so you're applying. See, but I, I guess I have the, the the opposite opinion of I think this makes it more interesting by having someone have that poetry infusing into this sort of like electrified. You're subverting the genre. Yeah, exactly. I so, appreciate that. So I feel like he's he's bringing in an element that that maybe wasn't previously there, and then creating his own thing. And the way he turns phrases, and the way he composes. Uh, different elements of the songs are are just brilliant. I mean, I, I, I don't think I can put it any other way. I don't dis... I, okay, <laughs> let, me, let me rewind. I was, I was pleasantly surprised at this record. I came in with a full knowledge of, I think that Bob Dylan's voice has the qualities that would cause a genocide if turned up too loud. Um, oh, I find so, so his, his lyrics to be... Uh, <laughs> rambling at best sometimes um and kind of uh, honestly to me a lot of it always sounded like debbie harry's rap from rapture oh ooh. Uh, um yeah. that ooh. I, I know uh, 
oh, <laughs> unpopular opinion. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah. But no, I mean, the, 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 this record from beginning to end, I found to be uh, uh, really listenable. I I was I wasn't bored the entire time. A couple of times, I made a smirk because of uh, the turn of phrase that you. Uh, you so accurately portrayed the way he can just turn something on a dime yeah. where there's no real rhyme or reason to why. What, what, what my, my new favorite I, Rob Rod, Rob Ross Rob Rob Dylan wasn't boring the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> I put it on my fucking I'll, tombstone, I'll, dog. I'll, I'll give this some more <laughs> listens, but it didn't... <clears throat> It didn't grab me. I, I I heard what he was doing, and I heard that it was new, and I heard that he was making something that had never been made before. I've made stuff that's never been yeah. made before. It's not always good. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes it is. But don't, sometimes it is. He inspired a lot of dickheads gotta... to do some real bad shit. There you go. But that that, that is not any sort of reason to fault <laughs> no. him for what he did. No, no not no, at no. all. That, that, no. Is, that is not a legitimate he was doing argument. His own thing. I, that was an observation, my no, friend. That, that, that's, not that's an fair. argument. <laughs> but John jumped on like this was some reason to fucking. We are two thirds of the punch on album, and I completely the disagree with that. No, people take from this whatever they will. That is not a reason to fault the original content. Keep your cup towards the edge, and you try and get all the punch you can, brother. Yeah, hey, I'm gonna say this as as the as a swing vote in the Dylan room. Dylan lyrically, he it seems like for I'm I'm a pretty pretty new to his deep cuts, and it seems like he's got two different ways of how he stylizes a song lyrically. He's got where he just says every word that he knows over eight verses. And then he's got other ones where he really has an economy of lyrics. Uh, like Maggie's Farm, half the lyrics are Maggie's Farm. Yeah. And uh, same thing with like Outlaw Blues, On the Road Again. And those really are the songs that are resonating with me when he's, he's not saying every word he knows. He's choosing his words, but he's choosing the exact right word. Like, there, there's some turns of phrases in, like, Outlaw Blues. Uh, and he says, I wish I was in some Australian mountain range. Got no reason to be there, but it sure would be a nice change. And, like, like, he communicates so much emotion, and he tells a story with that, almost like in a Hemingway way, where he just says this, this one sentence, and it's everything that he doesn't say that makes it interesting. You're like... Why does he want to change? Why is he thinking about Australia? And that's just an example. But there, there are other examples of that. Uh, it's all over now, baby blue. Uh, even she belongs to me. The 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 album or the tracks where he's not just spewing a dictionary are really the songs that that I like. Yeah, interesting. See, I I go the opposite way when with the m- more like poetic songs. Like Subterranean is one of the best songs I've I've heard. I mean. The, the way he pops phrases and has like imagery within those phrases I mean you don't have to you don't have to say all the lyrics you don't have to explain you know I got picked up by the cops you can just say I turned the corner when I saw the blue or something you know yeah. like more evocative it's more than, it's yeah. more reading into the subtext and I think he does you, you said Hemingway I'd say almost like a Jack Kerouac and he has Allen Ginsberg obviously in the yeah. in the video. Uh, but almost that sort of beat poetry where it's it's transitioning from having those folk mel- the folk melodies, which is traditionally telling a story. This is cutting kind of to the chase in a, in a different way to me. So I, I don't know. Did you all do a different Dylan album before? We did Free Willin', mm-hmm. but don't worry because he wrote 
three in eighteen months, so we will have highway Does 661 Does Freewheeling have boots of Spanish leather on it? No, no, that okay. is uh, the one before times are changing. I yeah, believe. okay, got that song. It's yeah, heartbreaker. You know what my favorite um, part of this record is, and I think you're gonna like it, Rob, because it's it's a it's a boot in the pants of the folkies. So it's fairly common knowledge. I don't know if it was common knowledge when this album was released. But it's common knowledge now, retrospectively. I feel there's like a war going on. <laughs> Boots in the pants of the folkies. It's, it's pretty well accepted that side one is the electric side. Side two is the traditional sure. folk side. Side two starts off with Bob Dylan's 115th Dream. And he starts it off and he gets a few phrases into it. Just him and an acoustic guitar. And then he just... He, they, he stops, he cuts... He starts cracking up laughing. He laughs for kind of an uncomfortable amount of time. And he goes, all right, take two. And he goes in and just kicks in with the full blues band, drums and everything. And he's like, yeah, you thought it was going to be the folk side. <laughs> but it isn't. Like, the rest of it's going to be. And we, in the <clears throat> beginning of the song, you, you thought it was going to be. But it's not. It sounds better with the band. We're just going to yeah. do with the band. Yeah. And There's no like, doubt it's, he, just like, it's like an inside joke. He yeah. was very savvy from the get-go. He knew how to position himself in the public eye. He knew how to do an interview. He was always one of the more tongue-in-cheek sort of... Uh, I mean, if, if you, you watch his earlier things. He, he's, he's constantly just having a go at the, the media, the interviewers, the public in, in general. So he was always sort of fucking with everyone. Like I said, he was you know, a bit of a troll. Um, uh, and uh, I, I find... Kind of in an endearing way, um, but even going to the, to the he's the, a lovable hobo. The second side of this album, um, <laughs> the tramp. Yeah. I was riding on the Mayflower when I thought I spied some land. <laughs> Start again. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, down there. <laughs> okay, take two. <laughs> Riding on the Mayflower And I thought I'd spot some land I yelled for Captain E-Rib I have you understand Who came running to the deck Said, boys, forget the wheel We're going over yonder Cut the engines, change the sails Haul on the bowline We sang that melody Like all tough sailors do When they're far away at sea I said if we hit land I took a deep breath I fell down, I could not stand Captain Arab, he started Writing up some deeds He said let's set up a fort And start buying a place with beads But, but your, your sort of a love of Our mutual love, I guess, of, of a band like Pulp Yeah And Pulp is a very, I would say, lyric-driven band I mean, sure. they have very good songwriting But to me, Dylan kind of encapsulates a similar thing. So maybe you're not so into it, but I, I figured that you might find the the sort of like beauty in the way that he. No, so, I mean, on, that, honestly, that some, some of the lyrical work I thought was extraordinary. Some of it, I I made that face that I'm like, oh, why? Yeah. Like you know, and and like that just that some of it's just a little pretentious for me in that like uh, I am a dictionary man. Uh, type thing, which is, you know, again, I 
I always admit dictionary man when I'm wrong. But no, I I, I enjoyed this. I I really did enjoy this record. I I, I there, nothing about it. There were no songs that stuck out. Or I was like, oh god damn it! Yeah. Like you know, just uh, occasionally like a thing was said. And as I was listening to it, I was just I was imagining just how fucking awful Joe Strummer must have been. Like. When he when he first like his whole like thing in the seventies like was him rocking around doing fucking early Dylan shit when he was squatting, so like I, I can't even imagine how bad that would have been. Uh, but you know, kudos to Uncle Robert. Uh, he uh, you, you're, you're calling Dylan Dictionary Man. He uses a shit ton of words. He knows all the words on some he, of the songs. He it, writes. I, I, I never. I never. Songs. I never have <laughs> taken that. I've never thought about heard, that either. As, heard that as a pretentious thing. I mean, or... Do a word count of it's... Bob Dylan's 115th dream of unique words only used once. Like, but, but that doesn't change my point. Is vocabulary of... inherently a problem? No, but I think that the words that he uses back to back can sometimes come off as pretentious as opposed to important. Like it's not. It's the placement of the word next to the other word. If it isn't helping, what's it doing? And to me, some of it wasn't helping get Linguistic across the point. Wordplay. No. I mean, some I, think of it, I thought it was like poetry. Well, right. I if, mean, you poetry listen, if you listen to it as a poem, if you listen to "It's All Right, Mom, Only Bleeding" as a poem, it's a nice poem. It's a good poem. It has some really great lines in it. It's not a fucking song. I disagree with that. I yeah. think it's a song. It's not you, a song. But I do I think it's here for uh, Jacques, Jacques Burrell. <laughs> You use oh, the word nice to describe it. That doesn't so, mean so anything. So only you and I right. were here exactly. for Jacques Burrell, so. and Jacques Burrell is, is, that's his thing. It's lyrics. Uh, I once, uh, it's poems. But he also Follow has me on this music journey. that follows his lyrics. I, I once was trying to figure out why I, I, I could never really get into Charles Dickens that much. I liked his stories. I liked his stories when they were interpreted on stage and screen. And I liked reading, but I never really liked reading Dickens... Well, he got paid much. by the pound of book, right? And then I, I remember he hearing once that he was paid by the word. And I think that's a bullshit thing to do to an author because you can't help yourself at that point. Why are you going to say something in three words when someone's going to pay you by the word? You can say it in 20 words. And it kind of always like tainted my opinion after that of not Dickens' storytelling, but, but how he would tell the stories. I'm sure it's an unpopular opinion. Everyone loves Dickens. But I, I get the same <laughs> feeling sometimes from... Dylan, I'm like, what are you fucking paid by the lyric? But he wasn't. He wasn't. But that's the. I'm saying that's like the. I, 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 I hear you. I find this opinion very interesting. I've not heard this before. Well, at and, the same time, and this is what he was trying to do different in the music. So <laughs> that's that's why I'm so flabbergasted that you guys are 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 saying that you know this might not be the best because he is literally doing the thing that. Other artists have not done before him in 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 sort of like creating something new by doing this, but you guys are saying that's not that is not preferred in your maybe for me your it mu- didn't music age taste. as well. Perhaps I would yeah. have had a different opinion in 1965. Yeah, well, and like you I guys said, must hate I, all of rap. I'm inherently I'm inherently <laughs> just incorrect. It's a different it's different format. I, I kind of just no, I'm, being I'm, a uh, wait, is this a cipher? Am I listening to a cipher <laughs> right now? Get both get bias in there. Yeah, like like I said earlier, I, I'm I've never really been that lyric driven in music. I've always been more musically driven. And the lyrics that I've 
really grasp onto, I guess, have been maybe a little bit more minimalist. Okay. Uh, uh, just a whole less is more. Yeah. And, you know, that might just be how I'm wired. Yeah. Devil's advocate here. Is there, do you guys have an artist that you would say is particularly wordy that have a lot of words that you are very fond of Buster uh, I, rhymes i'm coming up let's let's say more in the the scope of bob dylan i i would say tom waits um and yeah. uh, mm-hmm. nick cave um, yeah. are, are people who i'm thinking of yeah um i mean but i mean they're they're painting they're painting pictures and i don't know <laughs> I, I don't know what the difference between bob dylan is and those guys aside from the fact that their wordplay lends itself to the end result being like, oh, this is the full story. And this sometimes seemed less than that and more, and not even like a witty turn of phrase, just like, it's here's some here's some more words on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which I can appreciate um, as, as it being a particular thing that happened at a particular time. Sure. As long as we're <laughs> talking about like uh, uh, recording artists' uh, uh, lyrics, like... Uh, People who put the lyrics first, uh, might as well also talk about Leonard Cohen. He's got more of that, almost less is more, it's almost like more of, and I don't want to say impressionistic. I would say, yeah, it's more a traditional, uh, yeah, you you guys are right. I mean, Dylan is putting the words and is more of a stream conscious and sort of, I'd say he's... At, he's, at times, though. I, I yeah, think, yeah, I, I think throwing that true. term... And, and I am not all, saying that all of in the, music in, the entirety is... of this record I had problems with. Like I said, I enjoyed it sure, from yeah. the back. Occasionally I would make a face because something he said was like, why did you put that in there? But I, I think, you know, the amount of stream of consciousness lyrics with Dylan is maybe similar to the amount of stream of consciousness lyrics with with John Lennon and the Beatles M- more of what yeah. don't pick up them right now yeah <laughs> no tough shit yeah. well uh, the Beatles and, and I don't uh, care if you don't like the Beatles and but Dylan did get together around and, and, the time and, of this album and this this was the album where around the time where Dylan showed the Beatles how to smoke pot basically that doesn't matter though that's uh, what happened Yep, he ruined him. Oh Around uh, uh, Rubber Soul. Rubber Soul was the, the Beatles' pot record. Revolver was lives. their acid record, supposedly. Um, but, you know, the, Lennon had a whole stream of consciousness, Lewis Carroll sort, of, sort of shit. The Beatles were baked throughout help, man. No, the, the, the apocryphal, possibly apocryphal stories well, that Dylan was... taught them how to smoke weed yeah. in a New York hotel room yeah. but, at around, uh, this, around time. this time. I, yeah. I, 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 God, I, I wish I knew what that looked like. <laughs> <laughs> what am I supposed to do with these plans, man? <laughs> Regardless, there's so much more to this than anyone having a stream of consciousness lyrics. I think the, the music, the lyrics, it, it transcends... Yeah. In I, any of these again, I, I'm, singular so I criticisms. Am, well, I'm a, uh, singular criticisms are all I have to offer because well, I didn't dislike the record. And, and, and that's great. And I, I'm not, I wasn't necessarily directing that at you either. It's I just because we're sitting across from <laughs> Hi there, Rob. <laughs> we have a war stance uh, or, or something. Uh, okay, so... I'm going to buy can, this record can, if I see it. Can we... Okay, so yeah. Ben, yeah. ben is, a, is a thumbs up for, yeah. for putting it in the 1001. Yeah, I, I and, liked it a lot. It and was, honest opinions, guys, yeah. I mean... It's just your opinion. I, I, for one, say, yeah, it's essential into how it transitioned and made uh, folk folk music into, like, electric and had those lyrics and that sort of thing. For, for what it did to change folk into something I could 
listen to more often, I guess I can appreciate that. <laughs> so you got a thumbs up. Yeah, thumbs up. That's okay. Thumbs okay. firmly sideways. Okay. Is this uh? Is he is he with the band yet here, or is that later? It's a little bit later. Yeah. Yeah. Is is there anything? Do we know anything about these cats? There's a cool band. I like the way they play. The, the band, the band. I do know something. They, the band, the band was Dylan's band. Oh no shit! Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, like right. shortly after this. Huh. That's that's how they got the name the band. They were well. Yeah. You know, there's Dylan's band. It's all news to me, guys. I'm, I'm learning yeah. a lot. Yeah. Uh, fu- funny thing too to bring it back to an earlier episode. Uh, Dylan first recorded Mr. Tambourine Man a few weeks uh, later, June 9th, a f- few weeks after. Uh, his previous record uh, with someone else who we've talked about before. Does anybody know? Miriam McCabe. No. <laughs> Ramblin' it. Jack Elliott. Oh, oh, no. huh. It was cut from the album because Dylan felt the song was special and the performance did not do it justice. Uh, a couple other things. I'll keep it uh, with mine. Uh, was apparently writ- written for Nico. Really? The German actress slash singer. Uh, before her recruitment into the Velvet Underground, uh, he, who he spent quality time with in Greece. Um, also, uh, the bassist Bill Lee was the father of filmmaker Spike Lee in his oh, backing that's, band. That's something new. Yeah, <laughs> uh, who, who had also played on Free Will and Bob Dylan, drummer Bobby. His other brother was Bruce Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Gregg, pianist uh, Paul Griffin, um, and at Dylan's behest, multi-instruments uh, Bruce Langhorn. Uh, who was a great player on this uh, album, but Langhorn was the owner of an out, outsized Middle Eastern tambourine that inspired Mr. Mister Tambourine Man. And he actually played electric guitar on Is the Is outsized mean it's big or it's small? Huge. Like four inches deep. It's just like relegated completely. How big useless. was this fucking tambourine? Like, so big you can fill it with mind. chips and salsa <laughs> and have a Super Bowl party. Oh, All I've right. got one other thing to say. Okay. So uh, the... Song Subterranean Homesick Blues, uh, the the music video for that song, which may be one of the first music videos, yeah, people have said, is by as, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. It, by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, <laughs> is almost as iconic as the song itself. Like just that the the that visual, it's been referenced, it's been parodied. Uh, it's the dropping a, cue cards yeah. video, yeah. in case you didn't know. Yeah, he's standing there in an alley. It's black and white. He's got probably 4,000 cue cards because he needs one to represent every seventh word in the song. And, you know, it's a 28,000-word song. (laughs) Quick math. Alan Ginsberg's on the left. uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Subtle jabs. uh, (laughs) Recently, uh, uh, like on YouTube and stuff, people have been releasing uh, lyric videos, and it's kind of like this... It's like a thing. It's a cheaper music video to produce since MTV's not playing them. And it's kind of like a catch-all for someone who's surfing YouTube. They want to hear the song and also gives them the lyrics to look at. And bands have been finding creative ways to display the lyrics on the screen so it's not boring. Subterranean Homesick Blues is kind of the first lyric video. Oh, yeah. You know? First music video. I mean, I think this thing was revolutionary. I mean, it inspired Van Halen right now. And all the hey, the cue cards. Till tomorrow. Right now, Eddie's hands are full. It inspired rights. Right now, Brad is asking a riddle over a bridge. All right, that'll do it for this one. Uh, next time, <laughs> we'll do it. Next time, we'll be talking about Otis Redding, Otis Blue slash 
uh, Otis Redding sings this sing soul. It's too long right. of a title. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks. Opal Robert. <laughs> but I mean no harm, nor put fault on anyone that lives in a vault. But it's all right, Ma, if I can't please him. Lady judges watch people in pairs Limited in sex they dare To push fake morals, insult and stare While money doesn't talk it swears Obscenity, who really cares? Propaganda all is phony While them that defend what they cannot see With a killer's pride, security It blows their minds most bitterly For them to think death's honesty Won't fall upon them naturally Life sometimes must get lonely Collide head on with stuffed graveyards, false goals I scuff at pettiness which plays so rough. Walk upside down inside handcuffs, kick my legs to crash it off. Say, okay, I've had enough. What else can you show me? And if my thought dreams could be seen, they'd probably put my head in a guillotine. But it's all right, Ma. It's life and life only.